Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast was recorded on September 27th, 2021, between the hours of 7.30 a.m. and 8.30 a.m. Events occur in real time. about you but i'm having the worst day ever it's worst day ever the post show recaps 24 recap podcast recapping season one of 24 uh me watching 24 season one for the 5,000th time my co-host emily fox watching for the how many times has it been? I can't remember. Emily. <laughs> Sorry, I, I forgot that we did the amnesia bit last time. Yeah. Is this duplicative? It's getting old. It's getting old. From Terry and from you. You know what? The the bit, we took it so seriously that we forgot to do the podcast last week. Yeah. Uh, am I a podcaster? Yeah. Who am I? Who am I? We Where like, am I? We like totally forgot to do the podcast last week. That was definitely like a piece of the gag. Well, here's what. Tanya picked me up. We went for a drive. Mm-hmm. I, we passed a restaurant that looked super familiar to me. And I was like, drop me off. Drop me off at this restaurant for two hours. Give me the $10 um, cab fare because it's 2001. I was thinking about what inflation prices must be now for that. It was probably 50 bucks these yeah. days. Send me whatever you can afford plus $10. Which is also a really weird thing to say to somebody. Well, that's what I was about to pitch to people who have yet joined the Poster Recaps Patreon. Unless Uh, you run a Patreon. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, go to patreon.com slash Recaps and pledge whatever you can afford plus $10 for cab fare. So that's, (laughs) you know, sign up for the $10 a month option is basically what what I'm saying. And if you could only do the $10 cab fare, just sign up for one month. And then you don't have to do any more. Oh. I think is basically the pitch. Okay. Uh, this is, you know, I'm working. I'm workshopping. I'm trying to workshop <laughs> it right now in the room with us before we send out the podcast. Oh wait, this is part of the podcast. So last week there was no worst day ever. We apologize for that. Schedules being what they are, sometimes this happens. But guess what? It's you, Mercury in retrograde now. So like, it's what. Mercury is in retrograde. Oh, what does that mean again? It means things don't go as planned. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. 
Um, Things get a little crazy, kooky, strange. Uh, that should be Jack Bauer's new catchphrase. Uh, whenever like something goes wrong, like when David Palmer gets mad at him because Elizabeth what Nash's if- whole deal doesn't go raising. <laughs> I'm sorry, Senator Palmer, but Mercury's in retrograde right now. What if he said that at the beginning of every episode? Right now, Mercury's, Mercury's in, in retrograde. retrograde. Terrorists are here. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty good. I think that'd be really good, in fact. I really like that. Uh, So we missed last week. We're giving you a double episode this week. Cool? Cool. Cool. We hope that that's cool. We will release the time limit. We won't be here forever, but we're not beholden to 24 minutes. Everybody wins. We're also recording this very early in the morning, as uh, you could tell by my gravelly-voiced introduction. Did I just break the illusion by revealing that I'm the one who does the gravelly-voiced introductions? Terrorists. Emily's like, I don't listen to the podcast, so I don't know about the <laughs> gravelly voice introductions. Um, so we're going to get into this. This is a uh, round. Uh, this, these, these two episodes are our first two episodes, like truly in the Terry Bauer has amnesia storyline. We are uh, going to do the first two hours, like properly back in the Kim and Rick Returns storyline. So stupid, so stupid. Uh, We are going to be two hours in the David Palmer hems and haws about what to do about the the, the Dr. Ferragamo. Oh, God, no, he's just been in this all day. So this is just two more hours of all of that. (laughs) Uh, Some of these are dragging, I'm not going to lie. So the, the second half of season one of 24 is for sure weaker than the first half of 24. There's just like no two ways about it. Um, I think that the end game of the finals of, of the first season of 24 is going to be really, really strong. And there's going to be a lot to talk about. Um, but like some of this stuff. Yeah. Like I like had forgotten not that this stuff happened, but maybe like the pacing. Well, the pacing. Good gosh. If you take the minute to think about it in reality, this is what a day goes like, because honestly, what Senator Palmer is doing is like a lot of what normal people do, which is hemming and hawing, being in a room, talking to his advisors, figuring stuff out with his family. Like that's pretty normal. He almost was assassinated earlier. So, you know, maybe you have a little bit of downtime. I would opt for a nap personally, but a nap like, would be fine. I understand the um, a nap would severity be of strategic, you know, stuff right now figuring out how to get these assassins Look, Emily, that strategic stuff is severe <laughs> it's pretty severe yeah but it is weird i'm like i don't know i mean i think when you're used to watching something that's really fast paced and there's crazy stuff going on there was a natural ebb and flow to this where it's like oh great you got him back that's it but the yeah. fact that it keeps going i understand it from keeps a network going. perspective it keeps going it keeps going but um it keeps going Kim sucks. Kim is Kim is Kim give, sucks. Kim is giving us a hard time. I hope they have right a now. better daughter the next time Kim, around. <laughs> Kim is they can right their wrongs. Kim is having a hard time right She's now. She's the worst. <laughs> Why would you like a guy that kidnapped you? Right. I know you're a teen, but still. <laughs> Kim is having a hard time right now. Let's just be sympathetic. She's to also the hard creating time. a scenario in which Terry's been kidnapped again, which like, you know, all eyes on Tony Almeida being like, hey, this is happening. Like, yeah, Tony Almeida, like trying like crazy to be like, somebody listen to me. This is wrong. This is morally. Maybe dubious I have to raise my not, voice. That we're not talking to Jack <laughs> about his family. I was no one listening to me about this. 
Uh, but then like he has maybe, to raise his yeah, voice. He, he does. Uh, when he raises his voice, it's really great. So we're watching uh, this week. It's episodes 17 and 18 is what Ooh, we were discussing. Really the getting four, up there. The 4 to 5 p.m. hour and the 5 to 6 p.m. hour. Uh, let us not dilly-dally, shilly-shally any further. Let's dive in. The 4 p.m. hour begins with Kim calling for mom. 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 <sighs> Mom. And that's and reasonable. she's walking around just calling for mom. Uh, yeah. But meanwhile, Terry, Terry can't hear that she's with Polly Peretti. Yeah. She's with the NCIS Tanya. lady. Uh, who says, I've never, wow, I've never met anybody with amnesia before. That's <laughs> what she says. What is, I mean, I guess they're trying to make small talk. Yeah. So they're, they're, uh, that's how the goes. small talk is so awkward from Tanya. Or is it Tonya? I couldn't tell. I think it may have been Tonya. She said Tanya, dude. I think that she said it in a way that made me think it was Tonya. Like, nope. as in, like, short for Antonia. No, I think it's Tanya. I'm choosing Tonya, and I'm <laughs> reading the recap. Uh, she says, Tonya. The oh, recap is- that you wrote. Yeah, and in, and that's right. I'm reading my own writing. Uh, <laughs> she says, my name is Tonya. <laughs> is it too early? Is that why we're laughing? Yeah, probably. Uh, my name is Tonya. Uh, is what she says to her. <laughs> she says, <laughs> she says, my name is Tonia and you look like you come from money. Uh, and Terry goes, excuse me. She goes, or your husband. And she goes, my husband. She goes, look at that little band. gold band on your ring. And on your finger. Yeah. That little gold band on your finger, not on your ring. It's early. We just woke up to record. Uh, she has no memory of her husband. And I believe this was when you said, Oh, Jack's going to be pissed. Well, yeah. But did you have it on the bingo card that by the end of these two hours, Jack wouldn't even know that Terry was in danger? I mean, sure. He's busy. He's busy. Uh, Jack heads to the hotel where the Palmer campaign is and where they're going to set up the sting operation. And boy, Emily Fox. Do <laughs> what they a put, sting it is. Do they put the sting in sting operation um, Jack meets Agent Aaron Pierce, my guy, head of security. Uh, Elizabeth Nash is like supremely apologetic and Aaron Pierce is like, don't even think about it. You're very courageous for doing what it is you're trying yeah. to do here, Miss Asterisk, Nash. asterisk. Um, yeah, you can't read the future. I can. I mean, listen, Mercury's not everybody. Mercury's in retrograde, Josh. <laughs> not everybody can read the future. You can. That's great. I knew there was going to be something off about this. Just something because there are a few other things that clicked too easily in this episode otherwise. So you know how you you kind of can figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Something is going to go wrong. It's just a question of what's going to go wrong. Right. It's it's an episode of a stressful TV show. Something's going to go wrong. Right. We're threading a lot of needles at once. Someone's about to get stabbed. Correct. Um, by that needle, Josh. And around, uh, yes, by the needle. Uh, <laughs> at 4.05, Terry Bauer recognizes a restaurant and Tonia um, pulls over so that Terry can go in. It's just such a weird thing to do. Yeah. I mean, that I guess. restaurant, I, rec- I recognize it. And you're in like Topanga Canyon or something. Yeah. You're like really out there. Yes. Uh, so she recognizes that there is a, there's a restaurant. Uh, but there's a manager that uh, is going to be there in 20 minutes. So Terry says, like, I'm just going to sit in the corner and wait for the manager. And Tonya. <laughs> makes no sense. Tonya is looking at Terry Bauer like she's nuts. And Terry Bauer's like, you don't have to stay. And Tonya's like, thank God. I didn't know if I was supposed to stay or go. Uh, she's like, you don't have to come. It's fine. Uh, uh, and she's like, it's familiar here. I'm just going to ride it out. 
just why don't you write down your name and number, and whenever I get better, I'll send you whatever I can afford. Antonia says, here's $10 for cab fare to the hospital, plus whatever you can afford. And that's very kind. I think Tonia, uh, because this is all you see of her, she drives away, you never see her again. She goes to NCIS. Uh, I just think it's I think a, one of the kindest people we meet on 24. I just think all of this is really weird and not unnecessary. Yeah. Listen, I, we talked about this last time. The amnesia plot is we don't garbage. Need it. It's we garbage. Don't need it. It's well, we've got 24 episodes of TV. We didn't know we were going to have this much stuff. We got to do stuff with Terry and Kim. We've got series regular contracts for Leslie Hope and Elijah Cuthbert. Like, what are we going to do? I, I got it. Amnesia. Yeah, why can't they just go do like a sonogram at the hospital and then get picked back up by the? Uh, we're spinning the bad wheels guys right again. now. You know, we're spinning wheels with a very ridiculous storyline. A storyline so bad, Emily, that it's an A minus. Um, <laughs> at four oh eight, um, Nina is like walking Elizabeth Nash on like how she needs to behave, how she needs to like uh, act around Alexis Strays and all of this stuff. Uh, when Senator Palmer walks in, he's like, "What is going on here?" Hey, 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 hey. Uh, I don't know why he became uh, Principal Belding. <laughs> now, hey, 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 what's good? If, if only Jack had the Zach Morris timeout ability. Oh, wow. This whole show would be over. He'd call a timeout. He would go through like all of the CTU files. He would do all the, I'll do it myself. He'd do all the research. He'd find like the Drazens. He'd track them down. This would be over in, in like an episode. Yeah. There'd be no traffic. Not that there is in the world of 24. Yeah, there never is. Everything's 20 minutes away and you can get there real quick. Palmer tells Jack that I've known Elizabeth Nash my whole life. And if anything goes wrong, I will hold you personally responsible. We will see how that threat comes into play uh, by the end of this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kim Bauer, meanwhile, she stumbles out of the woods and nearly just gets sideswiped by she a car. She doesn't literally, even look. Literally because she doesn't look left. All she had to do. She looks left once. She doesn't get hit by a car. It's ridiculous. I just, I think it would have been more believable if they wanted to do something like that to her if she like immediately emerged from a wreck and then almost got hit by a car. Yeah. But, but instead she walks for like an hour or something like that. She's been genuinely walking for 15 minutes at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry. I should know that. Timestamps. Timestamps. She goes to a pay phone. She calls CTU. She gets your boy, Tony Almeida. Uh, Tony Almeida goes, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down, slow down. I've, in addition to speaking very softly, I've. I'm a little hard of hearing. Uh, <laughs> and Kim tells her, tells him that uh, safe house has been attacked. Uh, my mother may have been kidnapped again. Uh, and so she wants to talk to her dad or Nina Myers. These are the two people that she talks to. Uh, and she's never talked to Tony before. And Tony's like, tell me where you are. I'll come get you. And she's like, that's what they said to my mother. And Tony's like, no, that was Jamie Farrell. She was a dirty traitor. Uh, that's what he says. And then she hangs up the phone, and Tony's like, shit, oh, God. Uh, and he goes to George Mason, <laughs> and Mason's like, cool, this is really terrible. I'm going to send some people over to the safe house. I love that he ta- he calls a team and sends them to the safe house. And he says, heads up, there might be trouble. Yeah, like, that's really messed up. Yeah, maybe a what little more What if someone's still there? What about a little more information? Like, heads up, the, the Bauer kid just called. Uh, and said that uh, the, the safe dead. house was attacked and everyone is dead and that she's missing and her mom has been kidnapped. This is a time for specifics, I think. You relay those specifics to the team that is going to the safe house. Or you at least say, like, 
like code 17 or something. If there's a code 17 for the Bauer people yeah. have been attacked and the safe house has fallen and you got to get there. Not like there might be trouble. There might be. Yeah. Heads up. There might be trouble. And they're like, OK, boss. Uh, they're like the plumbing's not working. It's great. No one can use the bathroom. I love there. it. I love it. Um, uh, George doesn't want to tell Jack Bauer what happened, though. And Tony's like. Ooh, I feel uncomfortable about that choice. I mean, I understand holding off until the sting operation is done. But I still feel pretty icky about it, all right? Um, and then Tony has to trace every payphone within five square yeah, miles. Yeah, he's like, trace all the payphones. That's so like, stupid. Ah, I hate my job sometimes. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> such busy work. Sometimes I really hate my job, okay? Um, <laughs> Jack is bickering with Nina over protocol. Like, they're having, like, a little bit of, like, uh, like a like an ex-lover's quarrel. Uh, but then he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm being so mean. I'm just so worried about my family. She's like, they're all, they're going to be totally fine. Meanwhile, they're not. Asterisk. Uh, and then Jack also asks her like, hey, why didn't you finish the debrief? And Nina's stopping short of being like, well, because your wife, because is your mean wife to me. basically like shamed me for our relationship that happened while you two were separated. Uh, and the whole thing was awful. Uh, she's going to tell Jack that a little later, but not just yet. Um, Kim, after calling Tony Almeida, decides to call Rick for help. Because she, that's the next logical move. She only trusts Rick. No. Uh, you know, she's she wants to go to Rick's house. Don't you have like an aunt um, or like a cousin? Yeah. I or a friend other than Janet? I believe that uh, that. Uh, the the Bauer aunt is a character who's name checked at some point on 24 though you never see her I'm pretty sure but like yeah wouldn't you call somebody else that you absolutely trust yeah. before the person who got you into this yes 12 hours ago or whatever do you not have any like additional family members to call or even she's going to talk about her friend Todd later on she should have just gone to Todd's house uh, you know anybody like just bunker down uh, and then keep calling CTU until somebody picks up or call the police, leave anonymous tips. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Keith Palmer is going to come to his father and he's going to present the tape uh, that he recorded from the time that he had a sting operation of his own uh, when he got Carl to confess to his crimes on tape. Uh, and David Palmer says, do you trust me? And Keith says, I do. He hands the the recording over for David Palmer to use. At 4.27, uh, the brothers Drazen are having a conversation about Elizabeth Nash, and they kind of disagree about how much she's worth. Uh, Alexis thinks he has her wrapped around his finger. Andre says, okay, fine. If she, you're going to pump her from information, that's good. Poor choice of words. I was K just going to say. Kill her when it's oh, done. Oh, he will. <laughs> Kill her when it's done. <laughs> Kill her when it's done. Um, back at the hotel, Jack Bauer is mansplaining fiber optic cameras <laughs> to Elizabeth Nash. It's so offensive the way he does it. He's like, oh, here, sit down for a minute. Let yeah. me explain this to you. Fiber optic cameras. You dumb woman. Fiber optic cameras. He tells her what they are. He gives her the... And she's like, great. So they're a camera. There's cameras everywhere. <laughs> uh, even if you know where to look, they're very hard to find. Um... They're, uh, they want her to plant a tracking device on Alexis Drazen. And if she's ever feeling in danger, she should say the phrase, I hope I'm not getting a cold. Which is a weird phrase to try to 
I don't know, yeah, weave like, into a like, conversation. How, yeah, how do you segue into that? Do you have to like fake a sneeze? Do you have to go, I or hope like, I'm not coming down with a cold. Also, I don't know, maybe I'm just hyper aware of this because of the last couple of years, but it's like, if you're making it's out like, with somebody and then suddenly you're like, hope I'm not coming down with a cold, I would be like, what I'd be the like, hell? I'd be like, okay, well, uh, have you been tested recently? And they're like, no, I don't. Are you vaccinated? No. Like, oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) That's the real sting operation. A lot of questions I should have asked you before. Um, I hope I don't get a cold. Sorry. I hope I'm not getting a cold. And that's the other thing, too. What if she said, I hope I don't get a cold, which is not the correct phrase by just a few words, which she didn't say it right. Don't go in yet. (laughs) What if I you know what I would say? Did you hear that? Oh, that's what your line would be. Did you hear that? It's like at the door. Did you hear that? And that'd be great because then you could open the door for the SWAT team. Right. Yeah. Good line. Did you hear that? Like, you could just stop and be like, huh? Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah, that's natural. I like that, Emily. You should be a CTU agent. I would be a really good CTU Obviously, agent. Obviously, you'd be great. Um, so the manager shows up at the restaurant and goes, Mrs. Bauer, oh my God, will Dr. Which, Parslow be joining you today? Which would never happen in real life. This guy is awesome. Uh, another just incredibly good Samaritan. We get like two really good Samaritans in this episode uh, between uh, between Tonia and uh, <laughs> Mr. Manager, whose name I'm We don't even get. Um, we do get his name. Uh, but I, I think it's Henry. Oh, yeah, you're right. I want to say you're it's right. Henry. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I don't know who you are. I only know that I know this restaurant and I'm freaking out. And so he's like, okay, you're not well. I know who Dr. Parslow is. Do you know who that is? And she goes, it's familiar. Uh, and he says, okay, well, you used to come here with this guy, Dr. Parslow. I know the hospital he works at. I'm going to call him. He's like, okay, thank you. For a manager, he knows a lot of information about them. Very good at his job. I know, but I was saying this to you last night when we were watching this. If one of us had the same exact thing happen and we showed up to one of the restaurants that we go to, I don't know, even just a little bit, which is different now, obviously, but we we frequent a few places. No one would know anything about us other than like, oh, that's the couple that comes in here. No, they would like they they'd would, be like oh hi you they would recognize us there would be the friendly interaction yeah. i as the terry bauer would be like do i know you and they'd be like yeah of course and i'd be like do i and then they'd be like oh i guess not i guess our interactions have meant nothing to you and then they would, <laughs> and then they would uh wait on upon me coldly for the rest of the time yeah you'd order a meal and be like well this was weird yes so weird um <laughs> All right, so at 4.39, we embark on um, a segment that goes on for a long chunk of time uh, as uh, as uh, Alexis Drazen shows up at the hotel. First, Nina tells Jack about what happened uh, at the safe house in terms of like, yeah, she knows. And Jack's like, oh, it's so awkward. Anyway, we got to do the operation, but damn it. Damn it, Nina. Um, and so at 4.39... We go for uh, a whole uninterrupted sequence. The entire chunk of episode here, like the in-between commercials, this entire act is the hotel room. And the, and let and me the tell you, boy, oh boy. Um, so we won't do beat by beat, but we will we will chronicle it. Triple B. We won't do triple B, uh, <laughs> but we will chronicle the, the major relevant details. Um, he shows up first. Uh, there's no apparent sign of the wallet, so it's either in his pants. It's in his pants, 
or in the jacket that he puts on the bed. Also, why does it need to be a wallet? Can't it just be some of his clothes? Uh, Jack makes it clear that the wallet is ideal because he's going to keep that with him everywhere he goes, even if he changes his clothes. That's the You better idea. hope he's not walking around naked somewhere. I also like, I mean, look, if he's going on a clandestine assassin operation, he is might he leave his wallet behind. his wallet? Yeah, he doesn't want to be ID'd. Uh, but I don't know where else you put the tracking device. I you, do. You really? <laughs> do you want to elaborate or you no, want to leave that to the I imagination? Don't. Leave it to the imagination, but she's there to do a job. You know what she should have done? This is just a suggestion. In his hair. Yeah, just braid it. <laughs> braid it. He in has his like hair. this kind of like he's got the far quad, right? Yeah. So like you like you like braid it within his far quad. <laughs> She's like braid the tracking I do this device with all of my lovers. His far quad. I give them a rat tail. I called you. This is what she should have said. I called you back here because there's one. Th- I want. I want you to know how much I love you and how much I take this relationship seriously. There's one thing we've yet to do, and I only <laughs> do it with my most serious lovers. <laughs> Sit down on the bed, Alexis. And then he's like, okay. And then he sits down at the edge of the bed and she gets behind him and she goes, I'm now creating the ceremonial love braid. Ew. And within the cer- ceremonial love braid, she's weaving in the tracker. Uh, this is a good idea. This is a good idea. I think this is pretty that's good. That's a nice uh, braid. That's, that's a nice tracking device. Uh, so anyway, she goes in. This is not her plan. She won't kiss him. She keeps like turning her head. I hate it. I hate everything about this interaction because it's so obvious that something's off and he's not an idiot. He's an assassin. He's meant to like pick up on subtleties. Yeah, they're like not kissing. And then when they do kiss, it's really like it's like she doesn't know how it's like really it's like really messy and awkward. And they're like <laughs> kind of like almost like they're like they're like try like they're in the dark and they're like trying to feel for each other's faces. Like we've never mouths. done this before. Like when you're in the dark and like you're kind of like like grasping around to see if like you can find a wall, except they're doing that with their mouths it's and they're so trying to find awkward. each other instead of a wall. Yeah, like I feel like it's someone the, it's one of the worst kisses ever. Well, someone could have directed this better, right? I think to like, at least be like, oh, you're going to reluctantly kiss him. You're going to feel a little weird about it. Maybe pull away a few times, but not like this weird avoidance thing that she does right away. Um, He like goes off to do something. She goes for the jacket. He's making her a vodka. He's making her a vodka. That's right. By the way, he's making her a vodka and he like puts a whole lemon wedge in his mouth. Yeah, I know. It really freaked me out Um, for like a sustained period of time. He puts like a full lemon wedge in his mouth, like in his teeth. Yeah, I thought he was putting a mouth guard in it. No, first. he's putting in like a, like he's doing like the John Locke orange peel smile, but yeah. with a lemon wedge, and he has it sustained in there, and that's psychotic. Uh, <laughs> well, like, he is an assassin. I love I love a citrus. I love lemon flavor in anything. I love lemon itself, but to like put the whole thing, the whole wedge in your mouth and chew down on that wedge for a sustained period of time is psychotic. It's psychotic. I don't know what to say. It's psychotic <laughs> behavior. Um, they like toast to the future. She tries to like put the tracking device in. She drops the wallet or something. Then she like, uh, like uh, starts like uh, dragging him for the fact that like, they only like seem to, uh, to like uh, uh, Just do it. That's they don't all have they any do. other chemistry. All they do is do it. They don't do anything else. So when is he, that a complaint or a compliment? Both. I think a little bit of both. Well, so I thought maybe he was like drugging her. No. He keeps asking her for all these questions about the senator. And she's like, why do you care about the senator? Do you care about me? I only care about you. 
I don't know what my Drazen voice is. Uh, I only care about you. I don't think that's really good. It's okay. You don't need to do it. You don't have to do everyone's voice. I've got to try. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm falling in love with you. It's so stupid. And she's like, oh, I don't like that at all. Uh, he says this after he's gone to like order a hamburger from room service because she says she's hungry, which is a good play. It buys it her enough time play. to put the tracking device in the wallet and the wallet back in the jacket. So mission accomplished. Bauer calls. He says there's going to be a phone call. And once you answer it, say you got to go and we'll send the team in. Um, and so uh, he's calling. But she's not picking up because she like enters a fugue state when he says, I love you. Uh, Like all of the hurt and betrayal and pain and everything uh, boils to the surface. And she's now off mission, Emily. Yeah. Now she's on her own journey. And Mm -hmm. that journey is to pick up uh, a letter opener and plunge it into Alexis Drazen's stomach. I hate this. I hate this entire interaction, obviously. But I hate this part because it's so clear that she could get out and they could they could go after him or like figure out what they need to do next in terms of tracking him. And instead, she just foils the plan because she gets too overwhelmed and mad. At first, I was wondering if she was like, oh, he loves me. Maybe then we'll make it work. <laughs> but I was like, she's not that stupid. No, she's betrayed. But she's betrayed. And like, what's a better betrayal than to like set him up, walk out of there and be like, got him. Yeah, but that's not as viscerally satisfying as stabbing him with a letter opener. What have we learned about letter openers in the last six months or so? Don't have them in your hotel room. I guess. Right? I guess that's the thing. This is a nod to another thing. Is that but, right? Yeah. No, oh, I don't know. Letter openers. Fatal objects. I didn't know. I'm, I'm out of the loop on whatever. You're not. Letter opener. You're just not. Is. You're not. I'm just not yeah. conjuring it yeah. quickly enough. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, this is crazy. It's stupid. She foils the plan. David Palmer is going to be really upset. I'm really upset. Yeah, David Palmer. Josh is really upset. David Palmer is really upset about it. He's he's going to show up. And he's going to be absolutely furious about this. Before that happens, like there's some there's some other stuff. Uh, Kim gets to Rick's house. Uh, the girlfriend instantly. I think her name is Heather or something like that. Sounds she, about right. She does not like Kim. Uh, the whole thing's uncomfortable. Doctor Parslow shows up. Uh, I don't trust him. Okay. Well, we'll he talk seems about, sinister. We'll talk about him more in a moment. Um, he shows up and he says, everything's going to be fine. I'm here now. And then meanwhile, um, George Mason is reaming out Jack because like, I told you this was a bad plan, Jack. But I was like, all right, I have to admit this one maybe wasn't my <laughs> best work. Um, uh, there's like a 50-50 survival shot for Alexis uh, at this point. Um there's nothing in the room, nothing linking Alexis to anything. David Palmer walks in. He's so mad. I actually really enjoy watching him be mad. He's so upset with Jack. He's like, you idiot. I told you not to do this. She's my friend. I've known her since she was a baby. Uh, I told you I told you personally responsible. Um, meanwhile, Alexis Drazen's phone starts to ring. Uh, and he's like, what are you going to do? And Jack goes, we got to take a chance. Then he Which ans- is so stupid. And then he answers. He opens the flip phone. He answers it. And like his voice is like a croak, like a like a toad's croak, like an old toad's croak as he goes. Yeah, <laughs> that you have to rewatch it and listen to the to the way that Jack picks up the phone and he says, yeah, 
<laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, it's I, hysterical. He opens up because he just doesn't know. Like he doesn't want to like give no, up yeah, that he doesn't, doesn't have the accent or but anything. But then he doesn't even try with an accent in any of the future interactions with this person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just amazing. It's like he's burping it out. Uh, and he says, I've got the money. Uh, and the guy says, all right, we'll meet me downtown in 45 minutes. And Jack, who then like lets like the croaky voice slip, he goes, how will I know who you are? I guess he just goes back to his own croaky voice. Uh, and the guy says, I'll be wearing a red baseball cap. 24, ahead of its time, identifying the bad guy. Uh, <laughs> and so that's the that's the end of the 4 to 5 p.m. hour uh, that Alexis Drazen has been gravely injured. They lost their lead, but it uh, leveraged them to the next thing, Emily, that now they've got a meetup with Another somebody. Another sting. Um, so we're going to talk about that next episode. First, do you want to give a letter grade for the 4 to 5 p.m.? A minus. A minus. Yeah, you're really not loving this stretch of 24. Ugh. It's a little bit sloggy. It's laborious. It's la- laborious. Laborious. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, Fox. Well, the labor continues as uh, we must discuss the next episode of 24 season one episode 18 the 5 to 6 p.m hour and it begins with the immediate aftermath of the situation david palmer like uh like really like tries to take jack to task he Mm -hmm. blames him and he goes this wasn't my fault i didn't tell elizabeth nash to plunge a letter opener into alexis drazen uh and david palmer's like ah man (laughs) <laughs> That's a pretty good point. Uh, yeah. They like, they're able to like resolve this rel- relatively quickly. Uh, David Palmer like kind of like pats Jack on the he arm. He always very like comes tenderly. in really hot and then cools down within seconds. He just like sort of like gen, like, like very like gingerly like pats Jack's arm. I love that. Love that. Yeah. Big fan of that. He uh, asks Jack, keep me posted. And yeah, I will. Um, they find <laughs> bearer bonds in, uh, in the hotel room. It's better than money. Uh, is what they say, uh, and that this is Alexis Drazen's uh, money that he's going to be given to this guy. Apparently, yeah, he's going to give him a suitcase filled with bear bonds. Do you think the guy with the red hat's going bear bonds? I don't even know what this is. Uh, bear bonds. 
don't ask me to like explain bearer bonds to you. Like, I <laughs> lightly know bearer bonds, but okay. I'm also an idiot, so I can't be the guy who does. You this. don't want to be on uh, on tape saying what they are. Yeah, because I'll get it totally wrong. This uh, is like when we watch Billions. Yeah, we watch Billions, and <laughs> Emily and I like secretly love the Showtime show Billions. It's not a huge secret. Like yeah. anytime we get the chance to talk about how much we love Billions, we talk about. It. But like, there's no universe in which we'll ever podcast about Billions. We don't understand. We don't understand a lick of what's happening. I mean, on we that understand show. the betrayal and like yeah, the, that's the plots we... and the subplots. But if you have to talk about like any sort of like stock it's market, it's all like... about the vibe for us. Yeah. It's like who's betraying who right now? But like, then they're like, buy that up, and yeah. you're like, and Josh will be like, what does that mean? And I'm like, it's um, Emily, equities. Emily, usually, I don't know. <laughs> Emily usually knows. <laughs> Emily usually knows, and I don't. Yeah, but uh, we're really bad at yeah, it. Yeah, really it's bad. Very funny. I have to like think really hard <laughs> when I watch that show. Anyway, so. Uh, so Jack is, uh, he's got the money now. So an operation there, they have a location, they've got a time. They're like, you know, like really rushing to meet. Um, and, uh, Jack is, uh, going to, cause his white shirt, his white dress shirt is covered in blood. So he's like, give me that shirt. So he's you there, give me your shirt. So he exchanges shirts with a guy. Uh, I think that this is Jack's final shirt. I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? I think this may be his final costume change for the day. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but I think that might be right. Um, Tony comes to George Mason like, "Is it time to tell the family yet?" And Mason's like, "Not yet." And Tony's like, "All right." Um, <laughs> then back at uh, Rick's place, Kim's just not getting along with anybody. She finds out that Dan's brother Frank is coming. And if you thought Dan was an asshole, wait till you get a load of his brother Frank. I hate this. Frank sucks. Frank sucks. Did um, you see him throw an apple onto the couch? It is a little hard to know which storyline sucks harder. Uh, the uh, the the Terry Bauer amnesia plot, or the Kim goes to Rick uh, as her knight in shining armor storyline. They're both bad. Yeah, they're both bad. I have an answer, but I don't think I can tell you what my answer is until a little later. We're okay. not we're not quite there yet. All right. Um, so doc- it's gonna be Kim, isn't it? So Doctor Parlow tells Terry, like, so let me tell you some stuff about you. You're married. You've got a teenage daughter named Kimberly. You and I met while you were separated. I'm your very good friend who wanted to be a lot more to you. Get over it. Uh, he says you were afraid to start a relationship, so we didn't. And you asked me not to call you, and I haven't. This guy sucks. Doctor Parslow. <laughs> Uh, and so he's like, I want to take you to a hospital. You got to see a neurologist. She's like, aren't you a doctor? Like, I am a surgeon, not a neurologist. He's like, I don't want to go to a what hospital. What do you think his first name is? Uh, Chris Parslow they, instead of Chris Parlow. They say, uh, uh, Phil, I believe. <laughs> I'm, no, pretty sure, not I'm Phil. pretty sure that's what was it's said. It's not Phil. I'm not kidding. I'm pretty sure. Do you want me to just do a quick <laughs> I'll Google? Do a quick check. No, you no, you going. aren't allowed to Google stuff about oh, this show, okay, Emily. Fine. Okay, you're not allowed to do fine. that. So Parslow, 24. Let's see what comes up. Phil Parslow. That's what they said on the show. PP. Yeah, Phil Parslow. Uh, so he says, we got to get you examined. She goes, I don't want to go to a hospital. And Dr. Parcel goes, well, how about I examine you here? Yeah, exactly. In this wine cabinet, yeah. like the storage room. Um, at the Palmer so Campaign weird. HQ, David plays the tape for Mike and Sherry. Um, Mike says, it's been a long time since I've practiced law, uh, but I don't think this is evidence. Uh, and David says, well, if I give this to the media, then the truth will come out. Then Sherry says, well, this can't be a today thing. 
Today is about only one thing, not two things. It's either about you winning the Democratic uh, primary uh, or it is about a scandal that will destroy the party. Um, and uh, Mike's argument is like, let's not destroy the tape. That's what Sherry says. Like, I'm going to destroy the tape is what she's saying. And Mike says, yeah. no, let's not do that. Let's shelve the tape. This would be useful to have in the White House when these people try to come to you to get you to do stuff and then you play the tape for them and they go away. Yeah, I like that idea. David's I like, think that's a smart approach. David's like, oh, that's interesting. That's but they interesting. have to say Dr. Ferragamo's name like a thousand more times. Yes. Dr. Ferragamo has been dead and like cold for a few hours now. Like I'm over saying his name. Yeah. Uh, I don't like saying his name. It's anymore. actually not cold. He was burned alive. Um, he's, he's cooling down. Cooling down. Um, Jack is on his way to the place. He calls CTU. He asks about his family. Tony's like, yeah, uh, let me, uh, just, uh, check in on them real quick. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and like hit some buttons. Do, yeah. do, 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 do. So Jack tells Mason, uh, like, yeah, could you get on the phone? Also, he's asking about his family. Mason's like, no problem. I'll lie to him. So he does. <laughs> so, yeah. Last I checked, I heard the girls were sleeping. All right. Well, call me when they wake up. Uh, and, uh, as, uh, Jack and Nina are walking out of the hotel, Emily spotted somebody who looked like Jay Leno. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a Jay Leno uh, lookalike walking by. Was not him. I just said maybe he was a huge fan of 24 and wanted a really low-key, uh, you know, spot to walk by. Yeah, just by. a cameo. cameo. Um, then after commercial break, Tony comes to, to George and says, we need extra bodies to fight the Bauer family. Uh, and George was like, I'm really sick of you talking about the Bauer family. And in fact, I'm kind of sick of you all together. Do you think that Jack and Nina are still doing it? What do you think about that? And Tony goes, what? He's like, yeah, do you think that they're still together? Because like, she, Nina seems to be a problem. She's with Jack. She's with you. Some really messed up psychology he's throwing Tony's way. And he's like, does Nina working so closely with Jack work for you? And then Tony goes, you know what works for me? <laughs> You know what works for me? Staying, you staying out of my personal business. That's what works for me. And George's like, oh, shit. You yeah, talk. We finally got Tony. You talk. Tony, Tony broke. Screamed. Tony broke. And it's you know so good. You know what works for me? He screams. I'm all about that Almeida hate. It's that, like, hilarious. Anger. It's hilarious. When he really Tony harnessed. pops off, he yeah. goes nuts. Yeah, he really harnessed his inner uh, his inner anger. He gets so loud. He can get loud too. What Let's get F? loud, Tony. Let's get loud. Tony gets loud. Let's get loud. Um, and so uh, this is all pretty funny if you know. I Have we talked about this? I feel like I may have said this to you before, that the woman who plays Nina Myers is an actress named Sarah Clark. And the actor who plays George Mason is someone named Xander Berkeley, and they're married in real life. Wait, what? Yeah, so George Mason and Nina Myers in real life are married. Uh, so this scene where George is dragging Nina is really funny to me oh. uh, with that meta concept. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, I feel like I may have told you that once before. Maybe not. No, you didn't. Um, well, now we now you know. Knowing's half the battle, but I think that that's great. Uh, I don't know if they met on 24. It's possible that they met on 24. Um you loved this part. At the Palmer Hotel Suite, as he's wont to do, David Palmer is sitting out on his balcony. <laughs> and Keith yeah. comes out. Yeah. And they, they have, like, a good conversation about, like, are you ready for this? Like, 
y'all ready for this? Like, yeah, th- yeah, there's yeah. going to be scrutiny. Questions are coming up. And Keith's like, well, how do you think that I have, like, lived for the last uh, several years Correct. of my life? Like, I'm ready. And so, like, it's a good scene of, like, Keith's readiness. You know, we're retreading. We're just, like, kind of treading water it's with so some annoying. of this stuff. Um, but a new addition to the scene is this tall drink that yeah. David Palmer is well, consuming. It's in, like, a scotch glass, like a lowball. Um, and it's, like, it has so much, like... There's like some liquor looking. There's like some. No, it's not ruby red. It's like it looks like whiskey or maybe like a scotch or something. But it's it's maybe like, I don't know, six shots of it. Like it doesn't look like it would be like a stiff drink. It looks very watered down. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. It's between five and six. So like maybe he's like, this has been a day. This is but this is not David Palmer's first drink of the day. No, he already had one. Yeah, he had one at like in the morning, yeah. right? Yeah. But he doesn't even take a sip of it. It's just sort of there as the third character at the table. But like it's, what a third character. It's a significant amount of liquid in that glass. Yeah. Is it tea? Yeah, Josh was like, It's a Coke. And I was like, is No, it, it's not. Is it like a bad hotel soda? No, you know? no. He, then he would have the ice bucket next to it. I guess. But they probably won't even let him go get ice. You loved if you it. Think about you it. loved this. Yeah. Um, Andre Drazen can't get in touch with his brother, but he does get in touch with Johan, this other dude, <laughs> this other assassin, Johan, who's been looking. He's like, I've been looking everywhere and I can't find him. And Andre's like, just breathe, breathe, Johan. Uh, and Johan breathes and collects himself and decides, I'll go to the Bauer house because eventually somebody's going to show up. Which is not. A really great strategy. Except it seemingly is working out. Um, yeah. What? You're going to kill another uh, CTU guy? You'll see. All right. So at 522, um, Rick tells Kim, like, you got to get out of here. Uh, he's going to give her money for a cab. She's like, I still think you should turn yourself in. And I still think you're kind of cool. And they like I make out it. a little bit. I hate it so much. They make it's out. It's so stupid. They kiss a little bit. How did Heather not catch that? Uh, she didn't, though. And then Frank walks in. Uh, Dan's brother Frank and this guy is such a, <laughs> what turd. a jerk uh, very thin goatee uh, uh, he's he also farquatting and he's just like kind of he's just like high energy he's like yeah what's going on what's what's up with you who are you I don't know you I don't like you that you're here where's Dan Dan's not here yet well where's Dan gonna be when's he gonna get here we got a big deal big deal coming need the money where's the money uh, also, he, where's the apple? Where's the apple in the yeah, fridge? He, he takes, takes an apple out of a fridge. It's like a yellow apple. Takes a bite of it. It's like, hmm, pretty gross. Throws it on the gr- throws it on the ground. Threw it on the ground. No, I thought he threw it on the couch. He throws it on the couch. Couch apple. It's like, save that for later. Uh, <laughs> so here's Frank. Hate him. Frank sucks. Dan's brother, Frank. Bring back Dan. No. If you got to bring one back. Oh, don't bring either of them back. So at 530, Jack and Nina arrive at the location downtown and they get an unfortunate call from George Mason being like, hey, I have bad news for you. Oh, no. Here You're we go. You're getting back up from, uh, from Teddy Hanlon. And Jack goes, <laughs> no, Teddy Hanlon. And at first, like, you don't really know why this is a problem. But then you find out But very then you quickly. find out incredibly quickly as uh, actor Kirk Baltz, uh, who... <laughs> Who plays Teddy Hanlon. Do you think he rides a motorcycle? Definitely. He plays Teddy Hanlon, uh, Kirk Baltz, who I think is probably most famous for being 
um, the person in the stuck in the middle with you scene from Reservoir Dogs who is not Michael Madsen. So if you've seen Reservoir Dogs and you know that there are two people in that scene, you now know which one is Teddy Hanlon. It's iconic. I'm trying not to spoil Reservoir Dogs. Because it's worth watching someday, and maybe you haven't seen it. Is he as bad of an actor on that as he is in this? He has, like, one note to play in Reservoir Dogs, which I think is probably an easier note to access as an actor than the note that he has to access here. So a C-sharp. Where he, like... uh, yeah, A minus for this episode, I expect, but a C sharp for Teddy Hanlon. Is mm-hmm. that the grade? Uh, Teddy Hanlon shows up, and so like this is a guy who 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 had a he had a partner that was corrupt, who was one of the corrupt people that like Jack like uh, narked on, which we had heard about like earlier on in the season. Um, and so Teddy Hanlon's partner was one one of these guys, and so he shows up at the top of the escalator. Hey, Jack, been a long time. I haven't seen you since you played my partner. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, exactly like And uh, Jack's like, oh, I'm really sorry about that. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sorry about that, too. Did you hear about his wife, uh, Joni? She killed herself. So Judy, actually, was her name. She killed herself. Yeah, it must have been hard being a single mom of four kids when your husband's in prison. And for what, Jack? What did you even throw him in jail for? And Jack's You're like... You're doing a better job line reading this than he does. And Jack's like... Listen, Teddy, like, this is all important stuff, but, like, can we, like, actually, like, do this mission? Focus on the job, yeah. Yeah, I can focus on the job, but sometimes it gets really hairy when you're a sniper. You never know if you're going to shoot the wrong target. And Jack's like, I'm pretty sure that, like, this is a clear shot situation and you're just trying to mess with me. I'm not trying to mess with you, Jack. I'm just trying to tell you that I might shoot you if we get the the opportunity where I kill you. Yeah, like, that's actually how he (laughs) acts. Where he's like, don't get very mad at me. Yeah, I get very mad at you if you did it. uh, You did this thing. Yeah, because you did that thing, I can get kind of mad about you. Like, his inflection is just a little off. I don't know, Jack. You kind of think think that you're a bad person. I kind of do it. Uh, That's like, what are you saying? So this guy shows up, and he's, like, instantly the worst character. He's so bad. And he has a mullet, too. He goes, yeah, you know, Jack, I'm pretty sure I don't like it. Uh... (laughs) He's like a. If, you know, if, after you did this thing to my partner, I grew my hair out like this, and it looks pretty bad. So you, you, you did that. And we did you ever watch those, uh, <laughs> those, uh, those GI Joe Fensler films? They no. Were, so they, so they were. Why like, would I watch a GI Joe because, film? Because it was like an internet meme thing. So. Oh yes, I do so, know what so you're talking about. So they're like those about. little yep. cartoons. They were like the the knowing is half the battle. The PSAs that used to air at the end of every yep, GI yep. Joe cartoon episode. I know what you're talking about. And yep. uh, this thing, Fensler Films, like re-edited them, redubbed them, made them. Utterly ridiculous, uh, really fun internet bait from like the early 2000s. Uh, and like, they're very funny. And Teddy Hanlon <laughs> is like a Fensler film G.I. Joe PSA personified. Yeah. Like, that is his whole vibe. <laughs> is like, he's like, who wants a body massage? Like, he's that guy. Like, total nonsense. That. A total nonsense person. Yeah. Uh, who is being given like this important role on the show. Um, Dr. Parslow is examining Terry. Uh, he thinks that she's having disassociative amnesia due to some emotional trauma. The surgeon got it bang on, basically, right? Like, that's what happened. She watched Kim explode. She dropped. And then she's like, w- waking up, I can't remember anything. So he got it. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah. But maybe it's because he knows her personally. Because if he was seeing a normal woman who he didn't have any connection with, he'd probably be like, this woman's hysterical. Take yes. her to a funny farm. Yes. Um, so Sherry is uh, she's on the phone with somebody. She spies Patty bringing something to a safe. 
and then she's like very nice to Patty and then Patty leaves and then Sherry goes to the safe and then Patty comes to Sherry and Sherry goes, I'm busy. Yeah, then she's mean. I'm busy, Patty. Uh, and she opens it up. She gets the tape. What's she going to do with that? Uh, we hit commercial. And when we come back, David Palmer comes in and he goes and opens the safe. And Sherry says, I destroyed it. I destroyed the tape. And David is very silent. And he puts his hands to his mouth. He kind of does like this. Puts two fingers up to his <laughs> lips. It's a great David Palmer pose. Love it. Two fingers, yeah. two chicken puck yeah. stars. Two, two fingers up to the mouth uh, as he goes, it breaks my heart that I was right about you. And then he reaches into his uh, his shirt pocket and produces a little tiny tape cassette. He goes, that wasn't the real tape. It was a fake. <laughs> we made it up. Uh, <laughs> we made it up. Uh, so Sherry destroyed a fake tape. And it's a he, fake. And he says, it's a fake. Uh, <laughs> and he says, uh, I had to see how far you'd go. And she says, I will do anything to protect my family. Anything. Does that make me a bad person? Uh, jury's out. And I think that this was the moment that maybe Sherry Palmer lost you, Emily. Yeah. I feel like you, I feel like you haven't been that hard on Sherry Palmer. But like I remember like we were watching this last night. And you're like, hmm. Don't know about that. Well, she should have just gone along with the plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave demands know. a press conference. He wants a press conference now. Uh, what did I say? I was like, they should just kill Keith. Yeah. That'll solve all the problems. No. Are you kidding? You're a psycho. What are you doing? Oh, God. She's got a lemon wedge in her mouth. Um, <laughs> so he wants a press conference within the hour, and he wants nothing to derail it. So uh, keep an eye on that six to seven hour. Um, Jack is in the plaza. Teddy, I'm just asking you about all sorts of kinds of things. Uh, he's harassing Jack about Judy, all this stuff. George Mason gets a call from Nina, uh, her real life husband or his his real life wife. And um, and it's like, yeah, this Teddy Hanlon guy sucks, man. Can you do anything about it? He's just calling Jack out for stuff that's totally irrelevant to what's going on right now. And so George Mason does call Teddy. He's like, rein it in, buddy. Just don't do this today. And he's like, uh. He's like, oh, man. Uh, and so like we do see like he's supposed to be hidden, but he is like he's so far out. There's like this like sort of like garden wall in like this, and he's wearing structure. like jet black, he's just wearing like popping jet out. Black. He's surrounded by green foliage, and he's just like halfway hanging off the wall, like full torso out. He is the most noticeable person that has <laughs> ever existed. It's so stupid. Yeah, it's great. Do you like the foreshadowing of children playing with super soakers in that in the patio area yes. while Jack's walking around? I do. I love it. It's great. Also, there was one point where Jack like pulls uh, like uh, helps an old woman sit in a chair, <laughs> and Teddy <laughs> Hanley goes, "Oh look, you Jack, pretty sensitive guy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> pretty sensitive guy, eh? Uh, <laughs> Jack Power, let it be said, a pretty sensitive guy." Uh, but he's also Jack's just walking around over and over again in this area. Like, how is nobody else being like, well, this is sketchy as hell? Yeah, it's a good point. Um, so uh, talking to friggin 
this guy. So there is like some sort of uh, there's some sort of terrorist who's here at the Bauer house. It's Johan, right? And there's Bauer security there. And I think uh, Terry and Phil are like on their they either pull up to the house or they're on their way to the house. I guess light spoiler alert. They're heading towards the house. That's where they're going to go. Meanwhile, Kim is just like showering Rick in praise. Like, you got to stop being criminal, Rick. He goes, and he keeps saying for like the hundredth time, like, I didn't grow up like you, Kim. I didn't have the nice family. Uh, and then Kim goes, that's just an excuse. I have a friend named Todd who went through two foster homes, and he's going to Stanford now. And Rick has the best line of the episode, I think, when he goes, good for Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Good for Todd. Yeah. That's great for Todd. That's a real pull yourself up by your bootstraps uh, kind of mentality, Kim. We're not here for that. Yeah. Then the final scene of the episode is this dude with the red baseball hat who you know is a bad guy shows up. Jack talks to him. There's some suspicion back and forth. This guy clocks that he's not Alexis Drazen. What a surprise. Jack gives chase and then Teddy's on the phone. He's like, oh, I'm going to shoot him. And Jack's like, don't shoot him. I'm just going to wing him. And don't wing him. I'll just slow him down a little bit. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what's the I think you should leave guy's name again? Uh, off the top of my head. Which one? Uh, the guy, the main guy, I think you should leave. Tim Robinson. Yeah, Tim Robinson. Yeah. Like, he's like kind of playing Teddy Hanlon. Like, that's like the level of which he just does not fit into the language of 24. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just like feels like that. Uh, I'll just wing him a bit. I'll just throw him down. And he's like, Teddy, do not shoot. I'm going to shoot him. And he does. <laughs> and so he shoots him, but he shoots him in such a way that the guy goes flying through a glass partition he shatters the glass partition it's and a railing yeah. to his death um and so the episode ends with jack bauer saying teddy hanlon you son of a bitch <laughs> 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 is effectively how the episode ends so like what happened over these past two hours is jack had a plan plan went poorly jack develops a new plan the plan goes so poorly that there isn't even a new plan so jack is now stuck in this plaza with freaking teddy hanlon and nina with no idea of what to do next they can't even interrogate this guy meanwhile kim is stuck with rick uh, yeah, because so Dan's brother, he won't let her leave. Yeah. Uh, and Terry has amnesia still. And David Palmer still wants to give a press conference, apparently about the Ferragamo stuff. So what has really happened? Nothing. Everyone needs to break for dinner. We are just like spinning wheels here in the back half of season one. And I contend I continue to. Season one and 24, best season of the show. Not Yikes. even close. Yikes. For me. For me. Not for everybody. Uh, people have other favorites. How many more times do you think you could rewatch this? Uh, the whole show or just season one? I don't know. Um, certainly, I, I don't think I could ever do the whole show ever again. Um, but I think that, like, unlike unlike Lost that I could just like, revisit constantly, I think, like, 24, like, it, it's been seven years since I watched season one because that's when we did the first post-show recap series on 24. Yeah. Um, and uh, I haven't touched it since, really. Um, and this is very, very fun for me because there's a lot that I really remember because it's like imprinted upon me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's a ton that I don't. Uh, and so I am having like surprises along the way, even if they're like ridiculous, goofy surprises. <laughs> so like, give me another seven years and I'll probably want to check this out again. Okay. Think right. every 24 seven. Wow. 
Remember when we said it's going to be 24 five, uh, five days a week of 24 podcasters, like 24 four is our, plan. I believe you pitched 24 seven to me first. And I looked at you and said, no, you're crazy. Yeah. yeah. I said, no. Yeah. <laughs> we missed a week. I'm so sorry about that. I hope that didn't jam up your podcast schedules. Cause I know people really do like set their watches to this kind of stuff, but you know what? We're back, but we're not going to miss it again. Um, not this time not this time we'll be back next week with just another 24 minute one and then we get another two hour special or why am i calling it a two hour special oh god we're not going why two are hours you promising people this no no we're doing the off the clock we're getting to episode 20 is what i was trying to say so next week it's episode 19 standard episode we'll do the 24 minute time spot then we're off the clock for episode 20 and then uh we're in the home stretch then we've got four more episodes of 24 to go uh, so we're getting Woo. really, really, really close to the end of season one here. And therefore, the end of worst day ever. Uh, again, no announced plans to do beyond beyond. Uh, that's a weird word. Beyond season one of 24. That's the plan. We're doing season one of 24. Uh, and that's it. So uh, we hope you're enjoying it because we're we're rushing towards the finish line here. Um, Emily Fox. Uh, yeah. They can find you at Emilet on Twitter. Oh, wow. We're doing this. Yeah, we've got time. Yeah. At Emilet on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Instagram. Don't don't spoil any 24 for Emily. Please do not tag her in any spoilers because she obviously doesn't know anything. Um, but if you want to like check out like awesome cooking uh, photos and, and videos and stuff and cat photos and stuff, you should for sure follow Emily on Insta. Yeah. Uh, lots of great stuff that's happening. Come on over down. There. Come on down. Uh, I'm at Round Howard. I'll tell you, you can talk to me there, but also come on down to the Post Show Recaps Patreon. October 1st is coming up swiftly. It's the one-year anniversary of the Post Show Recaps Patreon program. We're incredibly excited about it. If you've ever enjoyed Post Show Recaps, if you've been one of these people that's been listening ever since those first 24 podcasts all the way back in 2014, Mm. if you can believe it, this Patreon program has revolutionized post-show recaps. It's been a real shot of epinephrine, if you get the 24 reference, huh. if you've seen Beyond Season 1. Um, and it has really woken us up, and we're really, really pumped about what we're cooking up, and we're really, really excited about the future. And that future is not possible without you listening, and it's not possible without the Patreon program as well. So if you've ever enjoyed this stuff, um, October is a great month to show your support, even if it's just for the month of October, just to pop in and say, hey, I'm here. We love this stuff. Enjoying what you guys are putting down. We want to keep hearing more of it. Consider it. October 1st would be the perfect time to pledge your support. Patreon.com slash recaps. You better believe I'll remind you about it next week, but probably in a more limited capacity because we only got 24 minutes to podcast about. Correct. So I'm giving you the bigger sell this week. It would mean the world to me. Patreon.com slash post show recaps. Consider signing up October 1st. Uh, plenty of different ways to support post show recaps through the Patreon program, and your support would be tremendously appreciated. Um, a minus for this one, Emily. Yeah, I'd double say A minus, so. double yeah. A minus. So, yeah, 24 trending downwards uh, right now. We'll see if we can't pick it back up. We'll be back next week, episode 19. Emily Fox, anything else you want to say? No, I think that's it. All right, well. That's it, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.